This is like a song that you'd be playing as you were dancing across the rooftops, right? He's like jumping from peak to peak. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Are you awake yet? It's 7 a.m. You're probably getting ready for work. Or maybe you're on your way driving into work. Well, we're here. This is the quest. Our third day of the pledge drive. Third and final day of our fall pledge drive. Our Saints Heroes for All Time pledge drive. Folks, we are so excited that you're here with us this morning. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for being a part of this work that the Holy Spirit is already doing. We were sleeping for the last eight hours or, you know, I don't know, seven and a half, six, whatever you got. Holy Spirit didn't stop. He wasn't sleeping. He's working on stuff. And he said, okay, you guys back. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Well, right now we're going to do working on the quest, continuing this mission of evangelization. My name is Steve Splonskowski. I'm here with you again most of today. So honored to be with you here. If you uh, haven't, I'm from Minnesota and, uh, my family's traveled here with me in our RV, and we've been staying in our RV over at the Byzantine Catholic Church, and the beautiful trees going for work, uh, walk at night. We can boondock in our RV, so it's wonderful, and uh, being here with you all these days, we sure appreciate all the work that you do. I get to work with Catholic radio groups across the nation, and uh, I tell you what, y'all are the cream of the crop. It's, uh, if you want to feel hope for the church... Go talk to somebody who's working in Catholic radio. <laughs> we're all a little bit crazy because we're doing something we have no idea how to do, but the Lord knows how to do it. So, folks, I'm so excited to be here with you. Also in studio this morning, Deacon Jerry and Sally Kaysen, and Good also morning. Vivian Hurd. Good morning, Hi. all. Good so, morning. Deacon, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I hail from uh, St. Benedict in, in Duluth, Georgia. Uh, been there for quite some time, ordained um, going on 14 years. Married, uh, married... Um, going on 33. That's a good number. <laughs> 33 is a good number. Sally, is that right? I think that's right. I'm pretty sure it's right. He always does the number part. So, okay. yeah, <laughs> I think 33 years sounds right. And um, gosh, I've been uh, a Catholic since 1995. Yeah. And are you from Duluth, Georgia? I'm originally <laughs> from Yorkshire, England. I was going to say, yes. uh, there's an accent here. Yeah. So I've been here since uh, 1985. Mm -hmm. All right. Do the math. So you've been a Catholic since you've been here since 1985, and a Catholic since 1995. That's right. Okay, That's we're gonna right. we're gonna come back to your story a little bit. Uh, Vivian, also in studio with Vivian Hurd. Yes. So Vivian, tell us a little bit about yourself. I um, attend St. Brendan Parish. It's a wonderful parish in Cumming, Georgia. And I have been married to my husband for 29 years. Um, I am a cradle Catholic and have lived in Atlanta most of my life and all of my adult life. Wonderful. So you guys, 29 or 33 years, 29 years, and I've been married 21 years. So there we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> Shows it can be done. It, it can right. be done. All right. So... Uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about, I'm going to go back to your story just a little bit, uh, Deacon Jerry and Sally. Where did you meet? Oh boy, we could fill up the hour on that one. So we, 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 um, we met on a blind date in Hilton Head, South Carolina. On that date, that first date, we told each other what we didn't like about each other. Hey, honesty is great. And, and the second date, which was, that was a pre-date. Uh, the second date was, um, was uh, actually the Marine Corps birthday ball. We had a fantastic time, and three years later, long story made short, we were married. Three years, that, that is, a, yeah. Okay, so now, uh, Sally, your, your version. That's, that's the version. So, okay. so we, we truly did tell each other we weren't interested, uh, not my type, that kind of thing. Um, 
And and in the end, I think that worked very well because when we went to the ball, yes, Cinderella, you shall go to the ball. <laughs> there was no pretense. We just got to know one another. Uh, we weren't trying to impress. We just had a good time and uh, just really got to know one another and liked the person. Yeah. Plus, I was in my dress blue uniform. That really helped. That, that helped so, a lot, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're part of the armed forces? Uh, Marine Corps. Marine Corps, very yes. good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, women yeah. like men in uniform, I've been told. That's what happened. I, who knew? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and Vivian, tell us a little bit about uh, your your marriage. Well, let's see. We met. We were um, neighbors, actually. We had mutual friends, and then we ended up being neighbors. And kind of the same thing. We were friends for a while, and tried dating a little bit and then you know no let's just be friends and then we you know just kept being around each other for different in different situations and ended up you know trying the dating thing again and found out that that you know we were meant to be together and um got married mm-hmm. so folks we are going to be here with this hour I haven't received any phone calls yet that I'm aware of. We do have a $3,000 goal every hour. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so we're going to need your call. You're thinking, well, Steve, you haven't given us the phone number. You know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Let me give it to you right now. 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160. Or you can give online thequestatlanta.com. Remember to download that mobile app. You can also give on that right there. So give us a shout Ah, I'm sorry. Lorraine, you just gave us a call. Thank you so much for giving your gift um, and also an anonymous gift online. So thank you so much. We have received a couple of calls, but we're going to need your call as well. 470-508-1160 or online at thequestatlanta.com. Steve Smolskowski here along with Deacon Jerry and Sally Kaysen. Is it Kaysen or Kaysen? Kaysen. Kaysen. Mm-hmm. All right. And Vivian Hurd. Um, and so, you know, I would like to, well, actually, I want to go, I want to go around the room. Uh, folks, there's, there's four of us, including Dom, five in the studio. Uh, so we're just going to kind of have a round, round table discussion here. But our theme for this pledge drive is Saints, Heroes for All Time. So obviously a very obvious conversation. Let's talk about who our favorite saints are. And I'm going to go backwards. Vivian, who's your uh, favorite saint? Okay. Um, my favorite saint is Saint Faustina. Because she is the reason I got back into going to confession about, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. And it was because I was attending an Advent mission at St. Bridget at the time. And there were some nuns there. And I think they might have been the nuns from Steubenville. And um, I had never been exposed to the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And they were teaching us the chaplet, and we were saying it every night. And um, so each evening you could bring something down to be blessed um, by, you know, from the a relic of um, St. Faustina. So every single night we'd go down, and the very last evening I went down there, um, down the aisle. And so, for some reason the nun asked me if I went to confession regularly. And, you know, I'm standing there facing a nun, and I'm like, I can't lie about it. And I said, no, I don't. And um, and she just kind of encouraged me to get back into it. And um, after that, it just, I couldn't get out of my head. 
I just felt compelled. I was like, I've got to go. I've got to get back into confession. And so it was right after that um, Advent mission that just a few days later that I, I went back for the first time in like 30 years. And so I always, you know, attribute that to St. Faustina. And for that reason, she's my favorite saint. Do you know the backstory a little bit about Sister Faustina and her confessor and confession? There's a story in there. A little bit. It's I kinda, don't remember. I'll, I'll just, it, just share it for our listeners. Um, so when uh, St. Faustina was having these visions, she, she was talking to her spiritual director. She said, well, here's what's happening. He's like, okay, all right. And he's listening. And she's going back and forth. And he said, all right, um, if it's the Lord, I want you to ask the Lord what the, the priest, what I confessed in my last confession. I want you to ask the Lord that question. So she said, okay. And she went back to the to our Lord, and she said, uh, so my spiritual director wants me to ask you this question. What did he confess in um, his last confession? And he said to her, I don't remember because I have forgiven it. And she told her confessor, and he said, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. Um, so relating back to confession, just yeah. such a wonderful yeah. reminder that the, the God who is unchangeable, immutable, all-powerful, right? he forgets our sins as soon as he forgives them. Right. right. Wouldn't that be beautiful if we mm -hmm. could forget each other's? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Something to strive for. Something to strive for. I think that was yesterday's gospel, right? Deacon, tell us about that. Or what, what do you, uh, well, um, just about uh, judgment, and you know we're not to, to judge, and the means by which we judge will be judged, mm -hmm. and uh, certainly the, it's incumbent on us for forgiveness, the antithesis to that. Um, you know, you speak about uh, favorite saints. I think I have, I, it's hard to pin down, you know, um, today's feast is, is uh, St. Callistus, you know, martyr, uh, Pope and martyr of the church. And I, I was just thinking this morning how, you know, martyrdom at a time, you know, in the uh, second or third century, I guess it was early third century, and, uh, you know, different time of persecution of Christians. And, you know, uh, I think in our current times, we just have a different form of that same persecution, you know, and, and it's just our um, need to respond. So I, I think uh, today St. Callistus is a great inspiration uh, for me. Wonderful. So that's Deacon Jerry's saint for this minute. And I know how that works. It's like, wait a minute, don't make me pick one. Well, you're going to have to. So, uh, Sally, what's your one saint at this moment? At this moment, <laughs> I, I have a saint who is, even though I'm a Marian servant of the Blessed Trinity, um, Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity. And I learned more about her, got to know about her more uh, when COVID happened. I started to walk, and so I would walk with St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. I would listen to her retreat, uh, which she wrote on her deathbed, and she, uh, she just gave her wisdom and her love of the Lord, and she shared and witnessed to her sister Geet. And um, so as I was walking, I would listen to this podcast, and her most profound, mystical, beautiful words and it became part of um my walking but part of my daily prayer and so i would say saint elizabeth of the trinity and do you know a little more of her history for i've never heard of her actually i mean i know of saint elizabeth's and there's so many of them um but well i have her written down right here all right but, but i'd love but i'd love to just um even read just yes. something of what she says because yep. 
she touches my heart. Maybe can I do that? Yeah, just give me one second. And also, Deacon, I was going to say, maybe in the, the breviary, if you have a, a little more on St. Callistus, if sure. do they have it written? Just sure. so our listeners are like, who's that? Who's that? But I want to give the phone number here. So, folks, so we're going to come back to this conversation. We're going to be here talking about these saints uh, this half hour for sure. 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160 is the phone number. Or you can give online the quest atlanta.com. Uh, folks, uh, Carol told me we have some matching dollars this hour. So uh, the first $3,000 this hour, which is our goal this hour, is going to be matched dollar for dollar. Uh, and so if you give us a shout, 470-508-1160, uh, we, your, your $1 becomes 2 your $2 becomes 4 your $3 becomes 9 your $12 becomes 24 right? I'm just kidding. So you can do the math. We'll just keep going all day. I'm going to have Dom put out a whole chart out on Facebook. He's like, what? I'm just kidding. TheQuestAtlanta.com. You can also donate online, TheQuestAtlanta.com or 470-508-1160. Give us a shot. I want to thank a couple of folks here uh, as I get my screen more legible. I'd like to thank uh, Lucinda who called in. All right. And I'm going to see where she is from because she might, she has a note here. Okay. In honor of, in honor of, I have a drum roll because I can't read it. There we go. In honor of Vivian. So Lucinda. Thank you, Lucy. (laughs) Yeah. And also Lorraine called in in honor of of Vivian. These are all in honor of Vivian. So here we go. Uh, Angie called in. So thank you for that gift. Thank you, Angie. Jim called in (laughs) in honor of Vivian. And Liz also. Thank you. And then also Jeff called in in honor of the Family Room Wednesday show. And Kara called in in honor of Deacon Jerry and Sally. Thank you, Kara. <laughs> Folks, thank you for your calls. Now that you have called in and made your pledge, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call all your friends and, or Facebook and say, you know how like when you vote, you, you Facebook say, I voted? Okay, I pledged. And here's the phone number, okay? Go on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're at wherever you are at, and say, hey, I pledged to the quest. You should, too. Here's the phone number, 470-508-1160, or online, thequestatlanta.com. Actually, as you know, if you put that in there on Facebook, then it'll make a link automatically, and you can uh, send us send your friends directly to the quest. And, you know, I can tell you, so many people have come across Catholic Radio, and their lives have been changed because somebody shared something with them. One of the priests yesterday said, I, I wasn't sure of the value of Catholic radio. He said, right on the air. And then he said, and then the first person came in the confessional and said, I'm here because of Catholic radio. And then the next, and then the next. And I said, and he said, I said, wait a minute. We got to keep this going. So, folks, you don't know when you share the questatlanta.com with your friends what might happen. So, try it out. Or have them give us a call, 470-508-1160. In studio, Deacon Jerry and Sally Kazin. And Vivian Hurd, my name is Steve, and uh, we're going to go back to the conversation there. Sally, you're going to tell us a little bit more about St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Yes, Steve. So you asked me um, a little bit more about her. So she was born Elizabeth Cates, um, and she was born in 1880 in Avor, France. Um, and so just in this little moment where we're all together driving in our cars or um, at home, But let's just unite our hearts just for this moment with St. Elizabeth of the Trinity as she speaks these words. Oh my God, Trinity, whom I adore, let me entirely forget myself that I may abide in you. 
still and peaceful, as if my soul were already in eternity. Let nothing disturb my peace, nor separate me from you, O my unchanging God, but that each moment may take me further into the depths of your mystery. Pacify my soul, make it your heaven, your beloved home, and place of your repose. Let me never leave you there alone, but may I be ever attentive, ever alert in my faith, ever adoring, and all given up to your creative action. Amen. 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 If you're driving, you shouldn't have had your eyes closed, but if you weren't, you should have, because that was awesome. <laughs> it's kind of the prayer in the presence of the Trinity. There's, there's such a, 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 a divine intimacy and, and, and connection with the heart as you listen to her words. Mm. You know, it's just, just mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. And actually speaking, you know, the, the Trinity is such a mystery, but such a revelation uh, of our relationships with one another. We were talking about marriage a little bit early, and, and earlier in marriage is a reflection of, of the Trinity. Um, and even, you know, uh, uh, I'm studying for the diaconate for the Diocese of Fargo, and I'm in year two, and I, had to, I have to write papers. So I had to write a paper on the, uh, the sacraments of initiation and talking about how the actual the three sacraments of the of initiation are very indicative of our relationships with the th- three persons of the Trinity. And it's like, this whole mystery of the Trinity is just woven into our Catholic faith. It is the one of the central uh, foundations of our understanding of, of our, our beautiful God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and uh, Deacon Jerry, you were going to tell us maybe a little bit more about uh, St. Callistus, Pope and Martyr. Right. Uh, his feast day today, and um, he's reputed to have been a slave, and... Um, once he obtained his liberty, he was ordained a deacon by Pope Zephyrinus and succeeded him in the chair of St. Peter. He fought against the adoption and modalist heretics, and at that time it was in the, um, the early 3rd century. He was crowned a martyr uh, in the year 2022, was buried in the Raelian Way, um, as many, many saint, uh, saints and martyrs <clears throat> were. And I, I think... Um, you know, one thing that really uh, struck me in, in a reflection of St. Uh, Cyprian on, the, on this feast um, is what an honor regarding martyrdom. What an honor, what happiness to depart joyfully from this world, to go forth in glory from the anguish and pain. In one moment, to close the eyes that looked on the world of men, and in the next, to open them at once to look on God and Christ and his glory. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. So thank you, St. Uh, Cyprian, and on this Feast of St. Callistus. And you know, I, I, it's so funny. I love how the Lord puts puzzles together. I just look up modalism, the heresy of modalism, because you mentioned it, he's doing the modalist. It is the heresy that teaches that God is a single person, oh, and that mm. is against Trinitarian belief. Oh. We were just talking about the Trinity. Mm. Isn't it amazing that many of these heresies in the early church had to do with the uh, perversion, if you will, of the true image of God and the true uh, reality of God in the Trinity. You know, I think it would be really fun, and we pro- I don't have the knowledge to do this. I'd have to have my catechism in front of me. Well, I guess I got the internet. To go through the history of the church and the heresies of the church, of a young church trying to, <clears throat> you know, folks, let's think about this. The Lord God came down in the person of Jesus Christ, and he walked with his disciples for three years, Okay, he was here for 30 years <laughs> and then walked with his disciples for 
three years, they captured, tried to capture um, in writing or even in their memories as much as they could over those three years. And then he left. He sends the Holy Spirit, right? Um, mm -hmm. But he didn't say, oh, so I'm leaving. Um, here's the manual. Here's the manual on how to start the church. I've written it down for you. Here's the book. Um, good to go. No. Over the next 2,000 years, <laughs> we have been, all revelation is complete in Jesus Christ. But we are still understanding that revelation. But the early church, what the heresies are about, are really trying to understand this God that has revealed himself to us through Jesus Christ. And it's beautiful. And we, we return to these heresies very often, even personally, and saying, oh, I don't believe this. Oh, that was dealt with back in the 300s. That was dealt with back with, you know, in, in 400. Yeah. You have some thoughts? I, well, I just, you know, you mentioned about the Word and, and this, this mystical book, you know, that Jesus Christ gave, you know, first to, to Peter, you know, the keys to the kingdom. But it makes me think also of another saint, you know, the saints, uh, heroes for our time, of St. John Paul II. Mm. And one of his favorite verses, and he openly would say this, is, uh, you know, John 8, uh, 32 and 33 is, remain in my word. If you want to be my disciples, remain in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I think that's very pertinent to today because, I mean, everybody thinks they, they have the truth, their truth. There is only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and always will be. So, um, and, and, you know, uh, real fast, St. Uh, John Paul II the Knights of Columbus have put together a wonderful, a liberating a continent is the, is the production on how he, through his intercession, prayer and dependence on uh, Mary's intercession, uh, freed Eastern Europe um, you know, from communism uh, without firing a shot. You know, power of the Holy Spirit in our world, so. Yep, yep, just the power of living the word. Mm. I think it's amazing how the word speaks um, loudly to where we are today, that we can go to those words of 2,000 years ago and more and be convicted by the Holy Spirit and hear and see what is in that word happening today and to be able to apply that word to our lives today and to share that word, uh, that living word that gives life. Um, that brings people to the church. It made me think of you, Steve. I'm like, how did you, you're two years into diaconate formation. Um, how did that happen? Wait a minute. I'm not getting interviewed here. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a, probably a long story. And actually going into, I'll, I'll make it short, going into the diaconate, we had to write that story. As, as we applied um, to be part of the diaconate, we had to write this story of our life and how the Lord was drawing us. So I was, I, when I was young, uh, I felt a draw to the priesthood. Matter of fact, every time I, I looked at anything, you know, people always say, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be an artist. I want to be a cowboy. I, I, loved, <laughs> I love horses. I love drawing. I love music. Um, and it's like, I want to be an artist. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a priest. And of course, and I'm from a family of 13 children. I'm a, a cradle Catholic, oldest son, and my parents were very supportive of it of that. And so I, uh, I visited different seminaries. I visited Legionaries of Christ. I, I visited different schools. Um, I started 16. I went to Fatima with uh, 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 um, uh, Father Robert Fox um, from South Dakota. 
I went there for two weeks. So just kind of discerning this. And, what, and so I was like, okay, I feel like called to the priesthood. And so it was, I had a good relationship with the local bishop. Um, and he's like, okay, yeah, Steve, when you, I was 11 years old when I met him. He's like, okay, well, you got to get a little older before you can come. Uh, we had a minor <laughs> seminary in Fargo at the time. I went and visited numerous times. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm called to the priesthood. And, okay, it was, and I, my family, my parents were pretty much had decided. And they, they agreed. I mean, I, I agreed with them. And I, got, I went to Fatima. And I was there for two weeks. And I was just so drawn to the kova. Of course, and yesterday was the feast of, our, mm-hmm. of the miracle of Fatima. Um, and I, we were, in the afternoon, we were allowed two hours of free time. It was a bunch of, I think there were 30 boys, 30 guys my age. I was 16 at the time. And, uh, and in the afternoon, they would like go to the different shops. And I was like, I got to go over there. It was just like there was just a, and I would just sit there, just sit there. And, and just felt the presence of God. And so for those two hours, for two weeks, I just, I just sat there. And I felt like the Lord was working um, and talking to me in my, in my heart. And uh, the final day we were there, uh, there was a, kind of up a parade of candles. And so they had all the candles brought out. And, and randomly they said, Steve, we want you to hold uh, the American flag. So I was, I, I was holding, and I was like, okay. So I got to hold the American flag. There's all, you know, nation's flags lining this thing. And I was sitting there, and I hear this voice saying, I want you to be a good husband and a good father. And I was like, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong. That's wrong. I'm called to be a priest. And it's like, weird. And that was it. And look and what I, happened. Well, and I never thought about it. I went into seminary. So I came back. I was 16. I... I uh, worked uh, with Radix, if you're familiar with the uh, Doug Berry, a group that we traveled the nation and did youth ministry. I went to college for one year. I took a break and did uh, youth ministry for a year nationwide. And then uh, I went into seminary, and I was in uh, seminary for two years. And it was just, it, this kept coming back. I want you to be my a good husband and, and a, a good father. And I was brought this back to my spiritual director. And every time I went into prayer, I was drawn to the wedding feast of Cana. And I was doing, like, I learned Lexia Divina at the time. And I would go in these, like, put yourself in, in the story and ask, you know, um, ask the Lord. And, and my spiritual director kept saying, there's something here. You have to, um, you have to address it. And uh, so on retreat after my second year of seminary at, at Christmas time, and uh, on Epiphany, the readings said, uh, your children will come in the arms of their nurses and your sons from afar. And I just, like, Mm-hmm. burst into tears. I, there was a reading at Mass, and, um, and, uh, and I went back to my spiritual director. He said, you need to step away from the yeah. seminary, uh, and you need to discern the call to marriage. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I did, and it was so funny. Right at that moment, too, uh, I, I felt called to do a novena to Teresa Lisieux, um, and also to start reading Familiaris Consortio, which is the, the role of the family in the world. And uh, so I started reading that, and I just read little, real, little snippets every day. I was still in the seminary for another six months because I wanted to finish out the year. And I was like, well, who am I supposed to marry? And the Lord just starts giving me the list of these beautiful Catholic women that I know. So I, I wrote down a list. I did. My wife is at the top of the list. That's a good answer, Steve. No, she was. I'm not even lying. I'm not making it up. Um, and so that's the, the back story. So Jacinta and, and I got married in 2000. Uh, we have seven children, August 5th, 2000. We got married uh, then. We have seven children. And then um, about five years ago, I, I've been working in radio for 14 years, and I've been doing pilgrimages with our radio groups and stuff. And I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin, at the shrine um, of Our Lady 
of Guadalupe. And I was supposed to do the reading for Mass, the, the readings. And I get up, and uh, I, I start reading. And I, ha- I went up there, and I prepared. And I read the Gospel. <laughs> and I sat down, I was like, wait a minute, what did I just do? <laughs> and the priest who was the leader of the uh, of our of our he was doing the mass, but he was also the leader of our pilgrimage. He said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first uh, reading because Steve read the gospel. I'm like that's what happened. <laughs> I was like, Whoa! So I thinking he did that, and in the homily he said, Steve, you need to think about the diaconate. Hmm? I think this is the Lord saying something to you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, okay, and." Uh, I went back to my spiritual director. They were in the rotation of the diaconate at the Diocese of Fargo. said, it's going to be four years before you can get in anyway, so you got four years to pray about it. When I brought it to my wife, she said, absolutely not. There's no way. We have you know, four young children. And, um, but uh, in September of last year, we went to, a, went to a kind of, you know, if you would like to be a deacon, we're opening up the, for, the, uh, uh, for the applicants, and we went to that. It was a three-hour kind of ask your questions, and we walked out, and my, I said, what do you think? She said, I think that's gonna, this is going to be fun. I'm really excited. My wife has a master's degree in theology, mm. um, and so uh, we've been a year and a half. <clears throat> We're into, it's a five-year wow. process. Fantastic. So Great. we do have to step away. <laughs> that's my story on the way to the diaconate. Wonderful. Folks, Thank We're going to need your phone call, 470-508-1160, 470-508-1160, or online, thequestatlanta.com. Uh, give us a call. We will be right back right after this. Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. Inviting a friend has never been easier. Now there are four great ways to listen to The Quest. On your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. Sometimes as a mom, I think that we think we need to have it all together and we need to show our kids that we have it all together. But I don't think that's true. I think one of the greatest things we can do with our children is tell them when we mess up. Tell them like, you know what? Mommy made a mistake here and I'm very sorry. I did something that was not okay and I shouldn't have done it. I do it when I lose my temper with my children and I say, please forgive me for losing my temper. And my children say, mom, I forgive you. Teaching your child to admit when they've been wrong and asking for forgiveness is huge. I encourage you to use this language with your children. Model it, show it. My husband and I say it to each other. We say it to our kids. When we do something wrong, we don't say, oh, well, that's okay, don't worry about it, or just sorry. It's please forgive me. And then receiving that and saying, I forgive you. I love you. You don't have to be perfect as a mom. Be real. Be honest. Seek forgiveness when you make mistakes. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. It's time to get your pledge in for our Saints Heroes of All Time Pledge Drive. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on your donations to stay on the air. Tune in on October 12th through the 14th from 8 to 1 p.m. and 3 to 6 p.m. as local clergy and parishioners share inspiring stories of how God is working in their life while raising much-needed funds. 
You could show your support now and even dedicate your donations with specific hosts or guests. So please visit thequestatlanta.com to see the pledge drive schedule and to donate. Or you could call 470-508-1160. Your generous donation can help bring others to Christ. So please call 470-508-1160 to pledge now. Thank you for your support. Does your parish, community organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160 The Quest's community calendar. It's easy, and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of The Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. That's right. He renews our strength. He invites us in. He is our song. This is a good song. Good job, Tom. Folks, this is The Quest Atlanta. TheQuestAtlanta.com is where you can help us continue this work, or you can give us a call, 470-508-1160. I would like to thank Amy for checking in, uh, giving us a call in honor of Deacon Jerry and Sally. So, Amy, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Also online, Cheryl checked in in honor of Vivian. Oh, thank you, Cheryl. And another call, Lynn. Uh, and there's no message there, but Lynn, we our message to you is thank you so much for your gift. Online, Eileen also checking in. And Kathy, in honor of deacons, thanks for starting CRHP and All Saints. Oh, thanks. All right. Thanks, Kathy. So, Kathy Here's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, he does it all, like I mentioned earlier. He's yes. always at work, and he just invites us in. And that's what we're here to do, folks. We're here to invite you into the work the Lord is already doing. He wants souls to be drawn to him so that he can save us. He is the Savior. We are not. But we are Catholic Radio, and we can point to the Savior. So help us continue this work, 470-508-1160. Dollar for dollar match this hour. We still have some matching dollars on the table available to you right now. Give online at thequestatlanta.com or on the phone, 470-508-1160. My name is Steve Sponskowski. I'm in the studio with Deacon Jerry and Sally Kazin and Vivian Hurd. Um, and uh, Vivian, we're going to go back to your story. Uh, you talking about uh, Saint Faustina being your 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 favorite saint um, and being drawn back to the conf- to confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us a little bit about about that. More about that that story. Um, well, let's see. After I had that experience, I just it was probably the Holy Spirit on my heart saying you really need to go, and um, I was terrified. Because it had been like 30 years. I was terrified and I was shaking in my boots. And I um, even decided to go to a different church <laughs> where, where I didn't know anybody. And um, so I did, you know, I went and I was really scared. But when um, I went into confession, the priest was very kind. He had very kind eyes. You know, I think, I think they're always glad to know that somebody's come back after a long time. That's what I always hear. And um, it was really good. It was it was a start. Um, 
And I remember when I left the confessional and did my penance and went back to my car, I just sat there and and cried. You know, I felt like a huge burden had been lifted off my shoulders. Um, and that, that really told me something right there. And then um, I had another experience. Um, after that, I can't remember how much longer afterwards, I was like, you know, I need to go back because I... I sat down and wrote just you know think about how many years of things that you feel like you need to confess and so I went back um the second time and I had this big sheet of paper like um legal pad paper that I had written stuff on and I went again it was during um I think it was during a Lenten mission or something and there were a bunch of priests and I went to the um the priest that was sitting up on the altar and, you know, and I said, Oh, well, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. And I sat down with my long piece of paper and, um, and he kind of looked at me and he said, well, wait, have you confessed those sins before? And I said, looked at him and I said, no, this is 30 years worth. <laughs> and, so, and, um, he, I thought he was going to start laughing, but anyway, so it, it took me probably two or three times, you know, to get back into the sacrament to where I wasn't so afraid to go. And, and I felt like, okay, you know, this is, this is good. I feel really good after I go. Something definitely does happen here. The graces that you receive afterwards, um, you know, just by having to um, verbalize your sins. I mean, if you sit there and try to do it, it's kind of it's kind of humbling. It's very humbling. And then to have to do that in front of another person. <laughs> so um, that was a really profound time in my um, spiritual life, was to get back into that sacrament. Wow, that's a beautiful story. And I actually love the fact that it was the divine mercy that yes, brought you back exactly. into the confession. Exactly. And I, I really had not been aware of the divine mercy chaplet other than just knowing about it. Or even knowing the story, um, so it just it did something for me that I wasn't expecting. So it was a good experience. You know, Vivian, that that whole um, that gentle uh, tone that you have there, that experience of how gentle the Lord was with you, it makes me think of, and I hope this is okay, but the chosen, the chosen yeah, series, yeah. and not the chosen one, but the chosen series, and you can go on, you can Google that or whatever, and there's a beautiful, I don't. I, uh, I won't steal all of the thunder, but in the in the second season, and it's episode six, where where uh, Mary Magdalene has fallen away after having been you know rescued by our Savior, and she returns to Jesus, but who escorts her into his tent? But our Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. and she brings him in before him, and she she basically says, I, I don't know what to say. Because she can't look at Jesus in the eyes. And, and, you know, I've fallen away. She says, I don't know what to say. And he says, just say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and he forgives her. And it's just a beautiful statement of why we um, allowed, confess our sins aloud. As Ignatius mm-hmm. would tell us that we need to bring things to the light. Because in the light dispels mm-hmm. the darkness that, are, that, that the lies persist. So that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. That's great. I think it's a great yeah, reminder that, that Satan doesn't want us to confess our sins. You know, he does two things, actually. He tries to hide our sins from us so that we don't confess them. 
But then when we do confess them, he wants to remind us of them so we don't feel like we can move forward. So right? right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So exactly. Right. And, and for so many people who are deceived, don't believe there is a devil. Right. He yep. is hidden from us, but um, we see the effects all around. Mm-hmm. And I go back to uh, Deacon Jerry, you're mentioning of the, of the Chosen, which I, I've seen season one and part of season two. I haven't been able to finish season two. What I love about this, and it was a reminder to me to be drawn back into Lexio Divina. If you're familiar with Lexio yeah. Divina, where you just you read a scripture, especially a story. And, you know, I, really quick, I'll try to tell, I'm not good at telling quick stories, but I, I grew up praying the rosary. And when I left home, I said, I, I'm done with the rosary. I'm so tired of the rosary. Uh, and I stopped praying the rosary for a number of years. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, I, I got into Lexio Divina, which is Lexio Divina is praying scripture and then placing yourself in that scripture story. And that's what blows me away about the chosen. I'm like, wait a minute. This is what my Lexio was about. This is exactly what happened in Lexio Divina. How did they know that? But it's like it's kind of there's a little bit of a kind of this truth that we understand if you read a scripture story, you know there's there's human interaction that is not captured there, and that's where you can go into scripture with the Lord and say, Lord, if I was in this story, where would I be? What are the smells? What what am I experiencing? Um, and that really just drew me into this deep prayer with scripture. And one day I'm working out and I'm I'm doing my lexio. I took a scripture verse and I'm, I'm as I'm working out I'm. I'm, I'm thinking on the scripture, so I'm telling you, you can do Lexio even when you're lifting weights, and it's like, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, going, I was doing the, uh, the visitation, and I was meditating on the visitation, and I looked up, and on, on my bar, on the bar next to one of the workout machines, there's a, a rosary hanging, and I was, I was just doing it with my eyes shut, and I looked up, and I saw the rosary, and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Lexio is the rosary without the Hail Marys. So I grabbed that rosary, and I haven't. Ever, I pray a rosary every day ever since. I was like, mm-hmm. "This is Lexio," and so now the rosary has come alive for me because of Lexio. Like the church in her wisdom, yeah. how wonderful! Yeah. So if you don't like the rosary, do Lexio. If you like Lexio, do the rosary because they're beautiful together. It's Sally. so wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned um, entering in to the living word and entering into that living word and the living word enters into us. It's powerful. It's an encounter with the Lord. It's life-changing. One of the things that um, I, I know the Lord showed me this and to do with the rosary. We look at the rosary and, and it is, it's, it's the gospel. We, we follow Jesus along his journey. But one of the things that the Lord showed me is if you hold your rosary up and you put your hand through the middle, you pass from this earth and take the hand of our mother who leads us through those stories. So it's our hand reaching to heaven and she takes our hand and we walk along with our mother. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Now you're an artist. I am. Have you drawn that picture yet? No, I haven't. That's I, a great I, question, Steve. You know what? I'm just thinking, I, as you're saying that, I'm picturing it. I'm thinking, where's that picture? I actually, I have a painting that is partway uh-huh. done, and that incorporates that image. Uh, I just need to finish. See, Steve, I'm I, Holy Spirit. I, I, as, as Sally's husband, as an engineer, mm-hmm. 
I've learned in almost 33 years, I can't force the artist. I just can only pray. Yeah, you can't force art. That's a line. That He's just it. not praying hard enough. You can't rush art. You can't rush art. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that picture. Thank you. Well, or that, that art. Let it be done. Amen. Let it be said. Amen. Let it be done. Verily, verily. Folks, uh, we are in studio here with Deacon Jerry and Sally Kazin, Vivian Hurd, and myself, Steve Splonskowski, also uh, Dom Villano. And uh, actually, it reminds me to talk about, we have uh, this all-pledge drive. We're asking for, for all of you to consider a monthly gift. If you've, uh, if you've over the last couple of days given a one-time gift, um, I'm asking you to consider coming back and saying, let me turn that one-time gift into a monthly gift. And the, one of the reasons I want to encourage you to do that is because first fruits. Giving a 12-month gift is one way of saying, I'm going to trust that the Lord is absolutely going to take care of me, and I'm going to be able to give you a gift for the next 12 months. First fruits. So I'm going to ask you to consider that. Would you consider going back, if you've pledged over the last three days, and made a one-time gift, would you come back and say, I'm going to turn that into a monthly gift? That's huge for us, folks. It's huge because our bills are very, very monthly. Very, very, very <laughs> monthly. Um, and if your gift comes in on a regular basis, it helps us a lot. And, and to, to, as an incentive, um, all Pledge Drive, all monthly donors are going to get a Quest mug, so a beautiful mug to put your coffee in. And also, we have artwork at the front of the office here done by Sally. Um, that is the presentation of, uh, what is it called? The presentation of the Lamb. Yes. And she's going to do a smaller rendition of that artwork. And anybody who becomes a monthly donor is going to get their name put into a drawing for that artwork. I think is, is the size going to be, I wrote down 16 by 20. Is that about right? It's probably a 20 by 20. 20, or, by 20. or a 16 by 16. Whatever suits okay. the winner. She, she will, uh, she will uh, create to suit. Um, for you. So if you call in and, and become a monthly donor, you will get that Quest mug and a beautiful, a chance at having this beautiful artwork presentation of the lamb done by none other than Sally Kazin, who's right in studio with us right now. So give us a call, 470-508-1160, 470-508-1160, or give online at thequestatlanta.com. I do want to thank a couple of folks, and then we'll go back to our conversation. We do have a $3,000 goal this hour, a dollar-for-dollar match. We are not at that $3,000 yet, so give us a call. Um, I would, I'd like to thank Marianne for checking in. She said, for the Kazins and Marian servants of the Blessed Trinity. All right. Thank you, Marianne. So, Marianne, thank you for that. Also, Chris checked in in honor of Vivian. So, Chris, thank you for that gift. Thank you, Chris. And Teresa, in honor of Vivian also. Oh, thank you. And also checking in, Mike online. He gave a very nice gift in honor of Craig Westemeyer. Oh, he was on, well, he'll be on 11 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> so I'll come back to that later, Mike. Um, and thank you again. Thank you so much for that gift. You know what I would like to do? I think we need to go around the table here. People are getting tired of hearing the phone number and website from me. But I'm wondering, Deacon Jerry, would you have put that phone number and website out for us? Sure. It's 470-508-1160. That's 470-508-1160. Uh, you could go to the thequestatlanta.com, thequestatlanta.com, or you can uh, get on the, uh, the Quest uh, Atlanta mobile app. <clears throat> Excellent. And folks, so we do have only about just under 15 minutes left in this hour, and we do need to make that goal this hour. So give us a shout uh, and thank you in advance for responding to that call. Um, all right, so actually I want to come back to you, Vivian. You want to talk a little bit about Pinecrest Academy. You are active there. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yes, um, I have been at Pinecrest Academy for 11 years. I've been working there 11 years um, in marketing and communications and public relations. And um, I love it. It's my home away from home. Um, and it reminds me of the fact that I had a Catholic education growing up from K through 12 and really didn't appreciate it until I got to be an adult, you know, looking back at what a gift it was that my parents gave me. And, um, I, you know, um, it's, it's a wonderful place to be. It's, uh, we're like a big family. Um, it's, compared to what you're seeing out there today i guess in the public school systems and some of the things that are going on it's kind of a safe haven um we really we treat we teach truth there um we've actually um adopted our four core values are charity humility excellence and mission and we really try to live by those um and just being an employee there has really um, made me a better person, I think, and has helped me grow in my faith. There were so many things that I didn't know or I hadn't learned as a child, prayers that I'd never even heard of that I pray now. <laughs> um, you know, we have all the sacraments there, um, daily mass if you want to go. And of course, all the students um, are privy to all that as well, the pre-K uh, 3 through 12 students. So um, it's just a beautiful school. Um, you know, it's my little plug for it, I guess. And um, it's a great place to educate your children and a great place to work. Well, and a great, great place to be educated yourself, as you're Absolutely. saying. You're Absolutely. You're drawn back to the church. Um, and we were just talking a little bit about the rosary, and I think the rosary has a significance in your life, too. It does. It does. Um, I remember praying the rosary as a small child, just vaguely. I don't... We um, we moved around a lot when I was young, and at this point that I remember, we lived in Macon, Georgia, and we went to St. Joseph's, which now I want to go back and visit <laughs> because it's a it's a pilgrimage site now. Um, and I remember, I guess we did first Friday masses or whatever it was, but I was six, seven years old, and I had my rosary, and um, I would pray it. And then, of course, you know, as you get older, I. It just kind of went by the wayside. I never pray the rosary anymore, ever. And um, so I guess it was before we started at Pinecrest, however many years ago, I started going to spiritual direction um, with a wonderful consecrated lady. I'd never, heard of, I'd never heard of spiritual direction before. I'd never heard of consecrated women before. <laughs> and I was going to this wonderful lady, and um, she was kind of asking me what some of my goals were spiritually and I said you know I really want to start praying the rosary again I really I prayed it as a kid and so every time I go back to see her she'd ask me if I was praying the rosary and it's like nope <laughs> and every single time are you praying it no I just can't you know and we'll try to do a decade at a time and that kind of thing so um finally I started to and then it got to be a daily habit and now um for years now it's rarely a day goes by that I that I skip my rosary because I just feel like it's been so powerful in my life in so many ways and I I miss it if I don't say it and um so it was kind of a one of those little um growth areas in my faith I guess 
You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, the, the journey into our faith. And I, I love uh, what you're talking about. Where I, you know, there's, I didn't even know about this. I didn't even know about this. Let's see if I can pull up a quote that we came up yesterday. Um, I, I always say it wrong, so I wrote it down. <laughs> but a quote from Archbishop Fulton Sheen, there are not 100 people in the United States who hate the Catholic Church, but there are a million who hate what they think wrongly perceive the Catholic Church to be. Mm-hmm. People who leave the church, and I, I've done enough interviews uh, of people who have left the church and come back who have said the two things that bring them back most often are they miss the Eucharist and then confession. The Eucharist, yes, yep. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, that's an interesting point. <clears throat> My observation is, is uh, in, in the spiritual life, you mentioned about spiritual direction, Vivian, is there are two aspects in the spiritual journey. The first is a full knowledge of, of self, to know who you really are, um, who God knows you to be. And the second is the true image of God. And isn't it interesting that is those two things are twisted they, they are mutated by the enemy. The enemy gives us a false image of God, that he's some sort of cop, that he's a, he punishes you know, uh, relentlessly, has no mercy or whatever. And then the, you know, the uh, image of self, you, the, the, the father of lies is the accuser that we hear in the book of Revelation. Uh, so there's just, there's just a lot of falsehoods there, and that's, that's where the enemy works. And, uh, you know, this, this whole uh, true image of self and true image of God is just so important. And, and these are the tenets of faith, why we need to practice mm-hmm. and protect our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're here to do, folks. We're here, here to be reminded ourselves, drawn into our faith and to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, um, and to remind others to be drawn together uh, into this. I'm so looking forward to the Catholic Radio reunion in heaven because there are going to be so many people saying, Hey! <laughs> I found Catherine. I'm like, I know, I know. I, yep, tell me the story. I, this, we're just this is going to be like one long. It's not even going to be a pledge drive. We won't need money when we get to heaven, right? It'll just be one long radio broadcast of sharing stories. It'll be awesome, <laughs> folks. Help us continue this work. Four seven zero five zero eight one one six zero or giving online thequestatlanta.com. Just a few minutes to the top of the hour, and I know a Jerry, a Deacon Jerry, and Sally. Kazen, you're going to stay with us, or we're going to be yes, with us yes, the next yes, hour yes. as well. Um, and Vivian, Vivian, you have to step away. Um, is there anything else in the last couple of minutes, Vivian, that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I was just thinking um, when we were off air, we were talking about um, Our Lady of Fatima and just all the miracles in our church. And I f- I'm fascinated by the miracles, by the miracle of the Eucharist, first of all, and by all the miracles that occur all the time that are, you know, that happen around us that you, sometimes you have to be alert to be able to to see them and sometimes not so much. And, you know, like Mary and the various ways that she has come to earth to speak to us over the hundreds of years. And, um, and I just, um, I just had one little miracle that happened to me that um, I, I think it was a miracle that I thought I would share and it was um, it happened um, a few years ago and my um, one of my children was going through a really 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 difficult time and so when one of your children is going through a difficult time mama's going through a difficult time so it was really hard time and we had a few months there um, that were that were rough and I remember when we were kind of coming out of it and um, and we were, I was able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I was 
praying and it would be my morning routine to go and pray the rosary and just sit there and pray and do whatever, do reading. And I was leaning down, praying profusely a a prayer of thanksgiving, um, probably the best prayer of thanksgiving I've ever done, and had my eyes closed and I was crying and um, all of a sudden I looked up and the picture across the wall um, was a picture of Jesus riding into Jerusalem and he was glowing. Nothing else in the picture was glowing but him. And it was just the way the sun was coming in the window after seven days of rain. It, it was sunny that morning. And it hit, it was, it, it never happened again after that. And I just said, I, 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 I took that as he's heard me, he's hearing my prayer. Um, and I ran and got my husband to get him to come look at the picture. And I took a picture of it. And, um, that was probably one of the more profound little miracles, but I've had other ones in my life as well. And, um, you know, if you, if you look for them, if you're open to them, they're there, you know, where it kind of confirms your, your faith and where your prayers go. Yeah. The Lord is always trying to remind us of his presence. And it's wonderful. And I love, love how he uses nature remind mm-hmm. us. I mean, that's one of the ways mm-hmm. where he uses mm-hmm. nature to remind us of his presence. I'm here. I'm here. I've never left. Exactly. He never leaves us. We leave him. Um, and I'm going to maybe talk a little bit about that on the other side of the break here. Uh, grace. And folks, here's a question for you to ponder. We're going to step away in about three minutes for a break. But what is grace? And, and, and how does prayer play a role? Tim Staples one time, uh, we, we had speakers come up to the network I had in uh, northern, uh, in the upper Midwest. And uh, Tim Staples came by one time, and he did a route. We did eight banquets a year, and we just kind of drive the route. And so he and I got some some windshield time. And he asked me the question, Steve, what do grace and prayer have in common, and how does prayer affect the grace that is available to us? So I'm going to ponder that question, folks. What 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 does prayer actually do, and how does it make a great? How does it make grace available to us? You think about that question. We are going to step away here in a couple of minutes. I do want to thank a couple of folks before we step away because Amy Amy called in, and uh, she said in honor of Deacon Jerry and Sally from Parker and Jack. Uh, oh, thank you, Parker and Jack. Thank and you, and Amy. Awesome. And actually, it was a that is a leadership gift. Woo! So leadership thank you so much. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, also, Arlette called in in honor of Vivian as well as oh, Mary. Thank you. Thank you both. And before we go to the break, one more to thank here. Oh, I guess they're still adding them. It's just, they're just adding them feverishly. Uh, Monica called in and said, in honor of the Marian servants of the Blessed Trinity. Oh, thank you, Monica. <laughs> so thank you, Monica, for that gift. You have a great patron saint the mother of Augustine, and uh, her prayers were so powerful. And actually, Monica, that was a monthly gift. So, Monica, thank you so much for that. I would encourage all, anybody out there who's uh, still thinking, you know, I, I could do a little more for the quest. Maybe you want to consider that monthly gift. Uh, as Monica did, she's giving a monthly gift, and that really helps us here monthly at the quest. Uh, so give us a call, 470-508-1160, or give online the quest Atlanta. Dot com. Vivian Hurd, thank you so much for being here with us this hour. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, we're going to step away, but I'm going to come back on the other side of the hour with Jerry and Sally Kazin, and we'll have another guest joining us. But, uh, folks, that phone line will be open, 470 508 
or give online the quest atlanta.com this is am 1160 wcfo east point atlanta the quest